Upper Respiratory System Infections and Drug Therapy. Respiratory infections are very common, so it is the responsibility of the oral health care professionals to be aware of not only the disease itself, but the medications that individuals may be taking for the diseases. The group of drugs used to treat these conditions is of importance to the oral health professional as many individuals may be using these medications. Additionally, these may be drugs that oral health professionals and their family members may use as well. An understanding of the indications, contraindications, and adverse effects will, be, will prove to be beneficial as they can have an effect on oral health treatment. The common cold. The common cold is caused by a variety of viruses. The viruses invade the upper respiratory tract tissues, which initiates the release of histamine and prostaglandin, resulting in an inflammatory response. The initiation of the inflammatory response results in the mucous membranes becoming engorged with blood, the tissues swell, and the goblet cells increase the production of mucus. This results in symptoms of sinus pain, nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, watery eyes, scratchy throat, and headache. In susceptible individuals, otitis media or ear infection may develop as a result of the swelling that may block the outlet of the eustachian tube. Seasonal rhinitis. This is an inflammation of the nasal cavity, commonly called hay fever. It is an allergic reaction. It occurs when the upper airways respond to specific antigens such as pollen, mold, dust, and results with a vigorous inflammatory response. This results in nasal congestion, sneezing, stuffiness, and watery eyes. Sinusitis. Other areas of the upper respiratory tract can become irritated or infected that results in inflammation of that particular area. Sinusitis occurs when the epithelial lining of the sinus cavities become inflamed. The swelling that results often causes significant pain, which is due to the bony cavity that cannot stretch to accommodate the swollen tissue. The tissue then presses against the bone and blocks the sinus passage. The danger associated with sinus infection is that if it is left untreated, the microorganisms can move through the sinus passages into the brain tissue. Pharyngitis and laryngitis. These are infections of the pharynx and larynx respectively. The infections are usually caused by common bacteria or viruses. They are often seen with influenza. Influenza produces uncomfortable respiratory symptoms or other inflammations along with fever, muscle aches and pains, and malaise. Drugs acting on the upper respiratory system. Antitussives. These drugs suppress the cough reflex. These drugs are used for disorders such as the common cold, sinusitis, pharyngitis, and pneumonia. The mechanism of action can be one of two ways. First is by acting directly on the medullary cough center in the brain to depress the cough reflex. These drugs should not be used by anyone who has had a head injury or could be impaired by CNS depression since these drugs work directly with the brain or are centrally acting. They may cause drowsiness and sedation along with xerostomia. Codeine, dextromethorphan, benilin, and hydrocodone Icodan are examples of these drugs. The second mechanism of action is a direct effect on the respiratory tract. 
These drugs work as a local anesthetic on the respiratory passages, lungs, and pleurae. The effectiveness of the stretch receptors that stimulate the cough reflex is blocked. Example of this drug is benzonatate, or tessalum. These drugs are metabolized in the liver and secreted in the urine. They cross the placenta and are excreted in the breast milk, so they should not be used during pregnancy or lactation. Decongestants. Decongestants are usually adrenergic or sympathomimetic. These drugs cause vasoconstriction, resulting in decreased blood flow to the dilated and irritated capillaries of the mucous membranes lining the nasal passages and sinus cavities. The vasoconstriction leads to shrinking of the swollen membranes and tends to open the clogged nasal passages, providing relief from the discomfort of the blocked nose, drainage of secretions, and improved airflow. An adverse effect that accompanies frequent or prolonged use of these drugs is rhinitis medicamentosa, or rebound congestion. The rebound reaction to vasoconstriction is vasodilation. This rebound effect may result in the drug being used for a prolonged period of time. Topical decongestants. Topical decongestants include ephedrine, Pretz-D, oxymetazidine, afrin and alarest, phenylephrine, coracetin, tetrahydrazoline, tyzine, xylometazoline, atrovin. Many of these drugs are OTC. These drugs are sympathomimetics. They mimic the sympathetic nervous system to cause vasoconstriction. As these drugs are topical, the onset of action is almost immediate and there is less chance of systemic effects. Most often, these drugs are available as nasal sprays. These drugs are not absorbed systemically unless there is a break in the integrity of the tissue. If that is the case, the drugs are metabolized in the liver and excreted in the urine. Caution should be used during pregnancy and with conditions that might worsen with exacerbated sympathetic activity. These drugs, if used longer than three to five days, can lead to rebound congestion. Oral decongestants. Oral decongestants are taken orally to decrease congestion associated with the common cold, sinusitis, and allergic rhinitis. They are also used to relieve the pain associated with otitis media. The oral decongestant that is available today is pseudoephedrine, Dorcol, Decafed. Other combination drugs such as Advil, cold, and sinus have pseudoephedrine as one of the active ingredients. Pseudoephedrine is a component of the manufacture of methamphetamines, so recently to purchase these drugs, although OTC, the purchaser must supply personal information to the pharmacy prior to purchasing. Because of this, often these drugs will be not found on the store shelves. These drugs stimulate the alpha adrenergic receptors in the nasal mucous membranes resulting in shrinking of the membrane size, promoting drainage, and improving airflow. It is an alpha adrenergic agonist. Those reactions associated with these receptors may also be experienced, such as cardiac stimulation and anxiety. These drugs are metabolized in the liver and excreted in the urine. 
Caution should be used during pregnancy and lactation. Rebound congestion is also possible with these drugs. Topical nasal steroid decongestants. Topical steroids are sometimes used as nasal decongestants. The mechanism of action is not completely understood, but the steroids directly block the effects of inflammation in the nasal mucous membranes. This blocks the swelling, congestion, and increased secretions associated with the inflammation. These drugs take several weeks to be really effective, therefore are more often used for chronic rhinitis. Some of the drugs available are Beclomethazone, Beclovent, Butazonide, Pulmacort, Dextromethazone, Decadrin, Clonazolide, Arobid, Fluticasone, Flovent, Triamcinolone, Asmacort. These drugs are also metabolized in the liver and excreted in the urine if they are, are absorbed systemically. Because these drugs block the inflammatory process, their use is contraindicated in the presence of acute infection as the signs and symptoms of the infection might be masked or hidden. Adverse effects include canidial infections, burning or stinging when applied, dryness of the oral mucosa, and headache. It's important to remember that healing is suppressed by the steroids. Antihistamines. Antihistamines block the effects of histamine, eliminating or minimizing itchy eyes, swelling, congestion, and runny nose. These drugs block the effects of histamine at the histamine 1 receptor sites. They also have an anticholinergic effect and antipyretic effect anti-itching. They are used for relief of respiratory symptoms, seasonal and perennial allergies, angioedema, allergic conjunctivitis, and uncomplicated urticaria hives. These drugs are metabolized in the liver and excreted in the feces. They should not be used during pregnancy and lactation unless the benefits to the mother outweigh the risk to the fetus or child. These drugs should not be used for individuals with a history of arrhythmias. They are anticholinergic, so the adverse effect would include those associated with blocking cholinergic activity, including drying to the mucous membranes, GI upset and nausea, arrhythmia, urinary hesitancy, and skin eruptions due to dryness. First-generation drugs of this class also cause drowsiness and sedation. Some drugs in this class that you might recognize are cetirizine, Zyrtec, Clomastine, Tavis, Dimenhydrinate, Dimetap, Diphenhydramine, Benadryl, Meclizine, Antivert, Promethazine, Phenagrin, Dysloratidine, Clarinex, Fexofenadine, Allegra, and Loratidine, Claritin. The last three are second generation and therefore do not cause drowsiness and sedation. Many drugs like Tylenol PM contain diphenhydramine to help you sleep. Expectorants. Expectorants liquefy the lower respiratory tract secretion, making it easier for the patient to cough up. The only available expectorant is rifenicin, or mucinex. The drug increases the output of the respiratory tract fluids by reducing the surface tension 
and adhesiveness of these fluids. Expectorants are used for the symptomatic relief of respiratory conditions characterized by dry, non-productive cough, including the common cold, acute bronchitis, and influenza. The site of metabolism and excretion have not been reported. The most common adverse effects of expectorants are GI symptoms such as nausea, vomiting, and anorexia, and prolonged use of these products could mask a serious underlying disorder. Can you think of any? Mucolytics. Mucolytics break down mucus for high-risk respiratory patients who cough up thick, tenacious secretions. They are administered by nebulizers or by direct means through the use of an endotracheal tube or tracheostomy. Acetylcysteine, mucomist, and Dornase alpha, pulmonazine, are two available drugs for this purpose. These drugs are most commonly used for COPD, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, cystic fibrosis, pneumonia, and tuberculosis patients who have difficulty mobilizing and coughing up secretions. Acetylcysteine splits the disulfide bonds of the mucoproteins apart, thereby decreasing the viscosity and tenacity of the secretions. It is metabolized by the liver and excreted in the urine. Dornase alpha is a recombinant DNA preparation that selectively breaks down the respiratory tract mucus by separating extracellular DNA from the proteins. The drug is used most often for cystic fibrosis patients. The metabolism and excretion of this drug is not known. The adverse effects of both of these drugs is GI upset, stomatitis, rhinorrhea, and a possible rash.